Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, Geekscapists. How are you doing? I'm Jonathan London, your host, filmmaker, writer, storyteller. I've worked in movies, video games, comic books, uh, some TV. Uh, and I got to tell you, ever since I was a little kid, uh, reading comic books on the stairs, I have been addicted to pop culture. And as an adult, well, that turns itself into Geekscape. Uh, I really, I was telling somebody this the other day, I was telling them the story that I really thought that I was going to go into radio. Uh, I went to undergrad and my friend Kevin, who's been on an old Geekscape episode with me, uh, he and I jumped right into college radio. That was our passion. We wanted to be on the airwaves. We wanted to interview bands. Music was what we were all about. And we've had lots of musicians on Geekscape. Uh, And somewhere along the lines of doing college radio, knowing enough bands, shooting little funny short films. Obviously, this is before cameras were on phones uh, by a few years. uh, We got into film. And then I went to film school. And then I came out here. But I never lost that love of interviewing people, hearing their stories, sharing our own stories, possibly collaborating, as we've done with many of the prior Geekscape guests, and really the main thing, bringing their stories and everything that they're working on creatively to you, which is such a passion to me. And I have got a really, really great episode today. I've got the CEO and founder of Immortal Studios, Pei Huan Xiao. Uh, he's going to be telling you all about, I'm going to get this right, I think, uh, Wu Xiao. And that is like, if you've watched Big Trouble Little China, and I know I'm being generically Western right now, but if you watch, uh, you know, uh, what's the beautiful film, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where you have martial arts, but it's done on such a fantastical, you know, we're talking like zoo warriors, like such a fantastical stage, then you have some familiarity with this uh, genre, but it is very, very old. Uh, and maybe it needs a modernized twist. And that's what Immortal Studios is all about. And we're going to be talking to Peshwan uh very soon i gotta tell you uh geekscape is um i'm like the the schedule's wonky uh y'all didn't get an episode last week it's all good i think you survived i think you survived we had a fantastic episode if you're watching this live on facebook twitch and uh what else are we on facebook twitch oh yeah (laughs) youtube um then you maybe saw yesterday's episode which was awesome uh lee romare who does a bunch of like animatronics and creature effects he's an amazing artist uh, recreated the Five Nights at Freddy's, um, I guess we'll, let's just call them monsters because that's what they are. And that was a fun episode. Um, and we've just had such an amazing long list of friends come and join us. Some are old friends, some are new friends. But I found out today, and this is a little serious, but if we're talking Kung Fu, if we're talking action, we're talking stunts, 
um, the seriousness is that our good friend Carl Cirofolio, who you should know, um, he's actually has a, a GoFundMe going on right now because during the pandemic, he uh, went into surgery, he had pneumonia, and then the surgeries started to reveal things. Uh, and, and I think physically, after decades of stunt work, uh, his body started showing signs of just wear and tear. And uh, and Geekscape, as I tell you this, and you're like, wait, Carlos Rafolio, how do I know this name? How do I know this name? Well, he's been on Geekscape. He was the original thing in Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. And I loved that episode where Carl was instrumental, along with Mark Sykes, of putting together the original cast of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. It hasn't been done anywhere else. I don't think it's ever been done at a convention, but it's been done here on Geekscape. And Carl was a big part of that. For you geeks, Carl was also Kevin Smith's stunt double as Bluntman when he goes to the wall in Mallrats and he swings on that rope. That's Carl. If you're a fan of The Dark Knight, a lot of the driving in that movie, Carl. If you're a fan of Ryan Gosling in that movie, Drive, a lot of the that driving is the team that Carl put together and some of it's Carl. So Carl's been a big part of pop culture. He's been a big part of Geekscape. He's been a dear friend to me ever since my friend James Liu introduced me to him. And the guy just has the biggest heart. And I found out today that and, and I, I kind of kicked myself because it, he's been dealing with this issue for a, a bit over a year, a couple of years, actually, since the pandemic. And I just found out about his status and his GoFundMe now. So Geekscape is um, I'm going to be sharing that stuff on our socials. Re, you know, if you can, if you can share, if you can donate, whatever you can do to help Carl out. Uh, that's a bit of giving back. We have geek, uh, Geekscape guests all the time, and this podcast, I don't ask anything. I've never had a Patreon. I've put up t-shirts you can or cannot buy. I have done a ton through this show, completely free, and we've done it since 2006. But when guests come on the show and they promote their stuff... All I ask is, is if you're listening to this and it sounds like something you're into, like Immortal Studios coming up, that you please check out their stuff. They're here to try and entertain you. And Carl has been a part of that multiple times in Geekscape's history. And now he actually needs uh, some serious help. So uh, the, his medical bills are, are climbing and uh, we got it. We got to step up for, for Carl. I mean, come on. Nowhere else has Roger Corman's Fantastic Four cast been collected after that movie kind of came out, I guess, if you went to like a mid-90s comic convention and found it on a bootleg VHS. <laughs> but it's still the best Fantastic Four movie and the one that's most true to Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's creation. Uh, and Stan and, and, and Carl was a big part of that. He was the thing, and he helped us put together the cast reunion here on Geekscape. So please, go to GoFundMe, search for Carl's... Um, uh, GoFundMe, and I'm going to be sharing it uh, on social. So keep your uh, eyes peeled for that one. All right, Geekscapers, I think that's everything we got to talk about here. Uh, we've got some great episodes coming up. Subscribe, share if you if you want if you're enjoying your Geekscape. But uh, I know I got Pei Juan waiting, so let's get down to business and get to Geekscaping.
All right, Geekscapists, let's get this thing going. Some of y'all are already on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, like our friend Dina, who says, all right, woo, let's do this. And she also says, big fan, hand pink waving. (laughs) Hi, Dina. I don't know what's going on there, but I dig the enthusiasm. Uh, Speaking of enthusiasm, we got Pei Huan Xiao here. He is, again, the CEO founder of immortal studios and when this came across my desk i was immediately in as far as having pay one on the show as my guest um and then as i started researching i was like oh we got some people in common um and so i'm gonna spring those on them right now pay how are you doing sir <laughs> hey, hey by the way major shout out i love your references what do you mean? Uh, um, Big Trouble in Little China. Crouching Tiger. Two warriors. Like that was, I, you won my respect. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm in these conversations a lot, but you drew two things that are so important to the genre and I think undervalued. Really? Undervalued, underrespected. Look, because there's more contemporary things. Sure. Everything Everywhere All is Wuxia, by the way. Everything Everywhere All Shang-Chi. We're totally uh, wuxia. John John Wick, John Wick is wuxia. You talk to the creators, actually, when you, you get like, into the mysticism. Yeah, um, that's why we kind of created this interconnected world because there's been so many different influences. Because Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and Cobra Kai is also part of the family, and of mm-hmm. course, um, last the last Airbender, Avatar, is, is wuxia. In a million ways, I, I they recently shared updated cast photos because they're shooting that live action. And when I looked at these cast photos, no offense to the M night Shyamalan live action version, but um, it's like Siri, show me spot perfect casting for something. And it is that live action avatar, the last airbender. Yeah. Um, But the zoom was totally disrespectful, you know, like it, it was and and what troubled me is this, is that it felt like, a Hollywood casting choice to bring on an Asian director, but then cast mainly white actors. And in the whole argument of like, Oh, but you know, we want this to be a commercial success. I'll tell you what book, what made a lot more money that exact same summer was Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith in the remake of the karate kid. And I think, I think they disrespect the audience when they assume that, that pop cultural audiences only, choose a certain type of people because I think pop cultural audiences are actually, we value authenticity and daringness and originality and diversity. So, so um, yes. So, but back to you, how we started the conversation, <laughs> that respect, like when you, well, had, when you, when you had, when we, when we talked about um, big trouble in little China, but, but zoo warrior, Oh my God. It's beautiful. I have here in my Wuxia library, actually the original, uh, series of, of, of zoo warriors. So this is like so OG that um, did inspire the entire generation, it, my father included. Isn't the zoo warriors though the stuff? I mean, and, and keep in mind, like John Carpenter straight up will tell you that zoo warriors was the main influence for Big Trouble in Little China, but yeah. um, that's 60s, 70s. And this is when, when the books Bookshaw came out in, in the 20s, much earlier, right? Yeah. And books I, came out in the 20s and defined a whole generation. And my father read it when he was a young man, and it inspired him to write 
uh, Chronicles of the Immortal Swordsman. So he was like the continuity piece when he wrote it in the 70s. And so of he, course, that, that, that was his the like Spider-Man to him. Yes. That became the pillar of our company. Ergo, we're named Immortal Studios. And the book that, you know, I'm, I'm usually not a writer. I am a creator. That led me to write Chronicles of the Immortal Swordsman, which is a big part of the Immortal Storyverse. And I think it's, um, let me get the right... It's right Somewhere. here. If you're this watching is, this live, this, Gatescape is this is the Bernard Chain cover of Chronicles of the Immortal Swordsman right here. Well, that was one of the surprises I was going to spring on you is being friends with Bernard Chang. And oh, that was the Bernard, thing. Bernard I'll awesome. buy anything that he draws. Yes. And um, the the Monkey Prince stuff that he was doing at DC, he did an X-Men uh, tie-in book in the Krakoa era there for a bit, Geekscapist. Um, Bernard Chang's one of my favorite artists. He's one of the uh, nicest guys. Yes. Dude is a straight up baller on the basketball court too. I bet he is oh, still. Yes. You wouldn't think so. College. And, no, dude is know, a straight up baller. It's cool as hell. Like, have you seen him walk around with his little birds in his backpack? I mean, the guy right. is like he is an, he is an original. I've mad respect and love for the guy. But the Zoo Warrior stuff was a lot of what I watched yes. in college. And Big Trouble in Little China was kind of like the gateway drug to that world. And then when you get into like the the Shaw Brothers stuff, of course, and then in, yeah. in college you just start mainlining stuff like yeah. mainly fight movies like The Street Fighter because you get you got there yeah. from from Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. But as a comic book nerd and somebody who likes the fantastic when you start mainlining that zoo warrior stuff, when you start really getting yeah. into the wuxia stuff, when I was a senior and yeah. big trouble and, 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 and we See, had crouching tiger and, and hidden dragon come out. That movie was yeah. so beautiful. And Those so were different. Perfect. They're somewhat different. And this is why mm -hmm. I, I created the interconnected. We call it the interconnected story verse because you were just in, in our conversation right now, you talked about zoo warriors and mainlining and also kind of the, fantasticness because we're talking about immortal immor immortal beings they're mm -hmm. doing super fantastical things well they're gods know? in a sense yeah. and maybe they well, represent like pieces of nature whatever right. you want to call it sure as opposed to like the superhumans you see in like crouching tiger hidden dragon because they're different and i wanted to talk to you about that because so, when you yes. say like and then the, the monkey four... king which you referenced well that's and then yeah we talked about cobra kai and bruce lee so but we these are, are four pillars. You up. talk about them four in a pillars. sense of four pillars. But I but are they tiers or are they pillars? Because it feels like these are a hierarchy it's, from it's the, the, the from the real world up to the religious or the the the, yeah, the spiritual, the, the spiritual or the metaphysical world. But you and call them course, pillars. Our, yeah, we call them pillars because our origin our but our perspective is that they're not fantastical worlds; that they actually exist. Mm -hmm. Just. Of course, I'm not gonna as, tell you. As, as somebody who has traveled the world a little bit, I actually did get the chance to go into the ancient mountains of the Himalayas, the ancient mountains of China. And people who've kind of followed my career would know that I've actually had the benefit, the opportunity to be inside, to be a member of the Shaolin Temple, to be inside these fabled places where kind of those fantasy, those those um, legends are created. I can save with certainty that there, there are extraordinary people doing things like that metaphysically as we speak. So our beginning thesis is that, hey, it, it's, it's, it's about time that we bring some of that reality to it. It's not, in, in certain respects, 
the life is stranger than fiction or it can well, be. Pay one. I've heard stories and, and there's so many places I want to, so many things I want to ask you, yeah. but um, people like who are into yoga will claim that things, once you get to a certain level in, in your practice, Mm-hmm. Levitation is not a beyond your reach. It, levitation is actually a known phenomenon to exist within yogic orders. And the big hint is this. Look, um, we're about to stage a I know you're in LA. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I'm you're weekend. talking about this event? Yeah. On Sunday. Mortal Shaolin. Uh the past, present, and future of Kung Fu, where the, the abbot of the Shaolin Temple and his warrior monks are actually flying out. So we've we've just officially partnered. The origin story of Shaolin, which is considered the birthplace of Kung Fu, is actually yogic. People don't know this because there was an Indian monk named Bodhidharma who traveled from India to China. And Shaolin spawned is when Bodhidharma vibed with the the locals at, at the Shaolin temple. And what created was consciousness and spirituality and yogic powers with martial movements and meditation stillness. When these things fused, this is the birthplace of the mythology of Kung Fu. So so um, extraordinary Kung Fu is yogic. And of course, yoga literally means union, right? So the highest ideals are mind and body become one. But, tangible and intangible become one. So, so, so that is like the founding... Um, mythology of kung fu is that yes it's actually yogic and um and that's why it's when people are talking about kung fu we're not really talking about um, mma fighting we're not talking about boxing there's a level of mysticism there's an acceptance or a love of the kind of the extraordinary possibilities that come with it so i think you know we're and it's just really this entire backdrop and this philosophy, the the romanticism, the real empowerment, and I think the in-depth philosophy that's been worked out over thousands of years, expressed in a really fun, engaging way, like Avatar The Last Airbender. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of there there. We're featuring, by the way, Kisu, who's the founding in- inspirer of uh, The Last Airbender on our event next 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 Sunday. So we'll, we'll have a chance to talk about these things is that this is the stuff that I believe is going to form the next global sense of pop culture. And look, I, I, I've been a lover of Marvel and DC. God knows I've given them so much time and so much money and so much energy and so much love and I don't regret it, but come on, enough is enough. Yeah. And I think that when you walk into a Barnes and Nobles and you see that Marvel and DC and their graphic novels have one shelf versus the amount of manga and anime. Yeah. That get the shows. It's just not even close. They have entire rows. People who are the younger generation, you know, I'm a a father and my daughter's kind of become my teacher and, and, and through her eyes and I got to know and had many conversations at conventions and centers, like everybody's looking for that next thing. And I'm really excited to be on your show today, Jonathan, because we're, <laughs> I haven't said this before, but, but now that, because up until now we've released our titles in our pillars one by one, you know, the adept with, with Charlie Stickney, Tasha Hui, with uh, Li Yishan on, on art. Like this is the story of the grounded um, Kung Fu. 
This is where one... Shaolin Kung Fu, as we know, this is where Cobra Kai would be. Mm-hmm. You go upper level. You have um, you have uh, Jen. You have Jen Troy, who's doing Assassin G, who was originally written by my father. So this is the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon of it all. People are okay. starting to levitate, not levitate, but float. Yeah, they're using the wind. They're, and they're, use, they're, they're in tune with stuff. This is where, um, of course, we mentioned Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This is where Dragon Gate Inn. This is where a lot of the Shaw brothers would, would live. And then you go up one, and you talked about it, Zoo Warriors. Where Guys, Big Trouble you got to watch Zoo Warriors. And a modern you don't know Zoo Warriors, you got to see it. Yeah. So this, we're talking about like lightning bolts, flying swords, people who've cultivated their chi to a level to be semi-immortals. And, and I think a modern example of this would be comparable to like the Matrix is would be kind of in this world. And then one step beyond it. So this is where Chronicles of the Immortal Swordsmen live. And then we go upper level one and we talked about the gods. We talked about the various planets. The Monkey um, King. The Monkey King. So this is where Fa Sheng lives. So we there is we 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 launched these four pillars one by one. We didn't get it. We haven't had a chance to talk about what does it really mean. You know the Easter eggs connecting these various stories and the fact that we've chosen L.A. as the backdrop. Believe it or not, so it's about modernizing these ideas here in here in the city of angels. And these are comic books. Again, I want to reiterate to, to Geekscapers. But but also, Immortal doesn't just do comic books. Y'all do some media. Y'all do kind of a, a transmedia we, model, we if do, that term is still yes, something that we use. Yes. yes I mean, um, we made a lifelong commitment to comics just because it's amazing. Um, it's deep. It's sophisticated. It's nuanced. It's also faster and cheaper and easier to make than films. There's and an then you can be unfiltered. You can take real risks. So we're going to continue to do that. We've now have multiple issues. All the four pillars are out. And with this upcoming campaign, we're calling Turning the Page. We're releasing all new content for, for all of these titles. So we're now pulling it back saying, hey, our level of ambition is not – we love telling these stories, but we're ready to tell people – to say share a lot more about why this world exists and how – they're interconnected and how this is a natural evolution of, I think I don't even use the word superheroes because I think I'm, I've grown tired to it. Tired. It's an American term. It's an American term. Like superheroes, I I think are, it's Western in the sense that, that superheroes are an extension of the Greek myths and the American tall tale. And I think that's a very Western term as a superhero. And that and they wrap themselves in flags. They, yeah. they wrap themselves in some form of, of you know, iconography yeah. that has it's a, a place in the Western world. And so I don't think it applies here. I think when you talk about Kung um, Fu and Shaolin, I think you're talking yeah. about something that is a little bit more uh, uh, ethereal, a little something yeah, like a little that more it, ethereal. It, I would say more uh, conscious, maybe even internal. More. Yeah more in, internal but of course it expresses itself in a in a different way and i think superheroes is kind of anything goes sure yeah um, and, and i love it, it also, by the way. again i just want to emphasize i it's like i, I, I love it too problem with the superheroes it's just that everything has its time and a place but but i'm just kind of a little bit tired of the contrived superheroes i'm contrived 
I'm, I'm, I'm tired of uh, another leotard. And ultimately, I feel like it's kind of a um, ultimately as a fan, as someone who read these books and these comic books, I think we all know that there's a lot of wish fulfillment. We, yes. We read about people extraordinary, doing extraordinary things and doing amazing feats that we want in our own lives. Yes. But I think the promise that superheroes is like, hey, look, um, are you hoping to be bitten by a radioactive spider or do you want to have a comet fall on your head and then turn you into some kind of thing or you want to be have this technological accident? So those things are not going to happen. We know that. So in a way then, well, the, the promise of superheroes is tantalizing. It's not realizable. Um, going back to our earlier conversation, we talked about yoga. We talked about Shaolin. We talked about the inner thing. Well, those things are actually real things mm-hmm. that we can that actually have been proven and refined. And now that science knows that mindfulness actually works, you know, through quantum physics and quantum mechanics, we actually know, yes, the organizing principle of the universe is mind. Yeah, these things actually work. So the promise of following these paths to become our real heroes is the cool stuff that we're exposing between the pages of of the immortal storyverse. And I think that creating your own reality and and having the awareness and and guys, it's not easy. Geekscape is (laughs) awareness is something you're constantly battling the outside world for. But um, when I hear the stories of a yogi levitating i gotta admit Pehuan, like uh, the cynic in me is like gotta see it to believe it and this and that but you're saying that you've been in these shaolin temples you've seen some yeah, of these superhuman I, feats I, yes uh and i think it's like a maybe a, a tiny segue um when you're talking about things to um you know about awareness and how you have a control over your own reality mm-hmm. through your mind in creating your own abilities. Um, Geekscapist Immortal Studios is starting to launch another Kickstarter and you want to be on the launch list. So if you go to Kickstarter and you look for Immortal Studios, they are creating their own reality in the sense that this, this comic book uh, line and and talk to me about the Kickstarter. Cause I know it's a kind of a commercialization version of what we're talking about at creating your own reality, but Money don't money don't grow on trees, Peihuan. Like we gotta no, find a way to, look, to make these comics we, and share we, these stories with people. We we in starting this, we actually had offers from you know some established companies that wanted to do wanted to partner with us, wanted to support us, and of course the exchange is that yes, in exchange for whatever support they they wanted to control and own us. Absolutely, which is which is not part of the plan because you know we are a diehard independent company, we want to be associated with people who actually give a damn and who are committed. So we literally built our company from our first project called The Adept. We had this amazing opportunity to partner with Charlie Stickney, who uh, collaborated with us on creating The Adept. Um, and we we became a, um, it was because of people's support and belief and excitement for us that rocketed our first issue to, I think, Point one percentile of performance on Kickstarter for single issues. That's pretty. And awesome. we've relied on Kickstarter to literally help us make the content. And how? how what are the? I mean, because I'm somebody who's who's flirting with the idea of starting a Kickstarter specifically right. for for comics. Um, 
in their their Geekscape related comics as well. They're characters that have, that have come out of Geekscape. Right. Um, you know, I what are the hurdles to doing something like this? Because let's say you you get this thing in 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 on Kickstarter and it's successful as it has been. Yes, you're mailing these things out to people in print, or they're getting digital copies, or they're mm-hmm. getting special post, editions and this post. and that. But right. what about shelf space? Is that as important to you to get into the of local course. comic book shops yeah. and things like that? Yeah, uh, it it is important to us. Eventually, it's important, but um. You know, that is also a, that's an important segment of kind of the geek economy, but it's not the only segment. So, so shelf space is important, but it's also not the only place. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we just kind of basically put together as, um, it's almost like a, like a, a step-by-step distribution grid. Yeah. In other words, if you're not succeeding, I, and I look at Kickstarter is if, if you're not succeeding with people who believe in backing independent creators and they love originality. Um, If you can't bring enough people through Kickstarter to be excited about what you're doing, um, you're not going to get shelf space because obviously it's a very competitive landscape unless if you, you know, if your company has M or D or several of the other major companies in front of you, like it's a major business proposition. So comic book stores are also business owners. They're going to give shelf space to things that have traction. And if for independent creators who are not selling out and who are kind of charting their own path, I think uh, proving yourself or testing, I don't want to say proving because it's not that, you know, it's just like finding that fit is a, is a really great step. And, Talk to me about building it because your first Kickstarter, when you guys did this, and in, in, I'm blatantly doing yeah. my own research live here on the podcast. Hey, I'm, I'm ha- um, look, how it started with us. Yeah, talk to me about how it started with you yeah. because your father was also a writer, and y'all also, y'all, <laughs> the Texan in me is coming out, but you also have a whole history of stories that are, that are familiar in some cultures yes. to lean on. And so you are creating modern versions. Uh, yes. you know contemporary versions of traditional stories in the in the same way like i think on a western audience you would be ta- doing something like a hercules book or you'd yeah. be doing something maybe american version of something that would be out of the tall tales well but i i, I didn't add my name to the list of monkey king creators sure. because sure you know it seems like everybody is doing a version of monkey king so we're not doing anything like that but my father yes was one of the top creators in his wuxia he was my teacher and um, when he passed away, I did inherit that seat, so to speak. Um, but the adept was something I created mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I thought it was important to prove it, prove it out on our own merits. And my father's creations all took place in ancient China, not modern day. And so we also are doing it in the English language as opposed to the Chinese language. So there isn't we're not going after his older fans, but that's not to say he has he has tremendous authenticity and ideas that are missing in today's, I think, Western-made wuxia comics. That's, you know, um, where there isn't a whole lot of depth of understanding. And I think that, you know, is uh, given us some, some unique things to work from. And this is where Crouching, this is where um, Chronicles of the Immortal Swordsman came from. This is where Assassin G came from. So, so yes, it's a it's a mixture of those things. But we started with the adept. When we started with the adept, nobody knew there was going to be anything else. And frankly, if the 
if the Adam didn't work, there would have there would not have been anything else. It would have been stillborn. Why did you start with the adept? I, I um, mean, because a part of me, these these ideas, some of the concepts are so heady yeah. and also unfamiliar again to a Western audience. And, yeah. and you're almost creating hurdles for yourself and putting these things in English and setting them outside of China. That being said, as you said, this is a necessary hurdle. This is something, yeah. this is an audience that you believe should be exposed to this material, it, should be exposed to these lessons. Why the adept? In a way, it's like my contribution to the fandom and pop culture here. I just got tired of people using Shaolin. Um, you know, there's Shaolin this and Shaolin that. And you look at the art, you look at the ideas, like <clears throat> these people have no idea. They just kind of became really wedded to the idea of somebody kicking ass who knows a lot of Kung Fu, has a shaved head, and, you know, talks like Yoda, so to speak. Yeah. But you're not talking about the Stephen Chow stuff that is fun, but no, no, I mean, Stephen in a, Chow in a way, like does that... the best. No, no, Stephen Chow yeah. is like a true master. If you look at Shaolin Soccer, like he got the, mm -hmm. the right mixture of pop and authenticity because amidst and behind all of those things, there's always something incredibly real. And, and but it's I, and fun. I still think it, it's fun, yeah. but really authentic, real, and, and deeply emotional. So I think he's one of the great ones. Um, yeah. I worry that maybe well, he's also from that, Hong Kong. Yeah. It's also from okay. Hong Kong and not and, and not here. So in 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 the adept and you know, because of my association with Shaolin, um, I thought it was important to start with something that was Shaolin themed and related. Because Shaolin, as I for you know, for people just joining us now, we talked a little bit about why Shaolin, because this is the birthplace of the mythology of Kung Fu. Since we are going in with this perspective of authenticity, and I believe that stories are transformative, we wanted to have an ode to the reality. Um, you know, it's an ode to Shaolin as the as the kingpin, as the mother load of a lot of these ideas in the mythology of Kung Fu and that we have a young Asian American woman um, take us into this big landscape was a provocative idea. Um, that was that. Um, I also wanted to start not standing on my father's shoulders. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to, um, it's not that I don't respect and love him. It's just that I wanted a contemporary sen sensibility that mm -hmm. then we can go, you know, and beyond. And, and we ended up taking four bites of the apple, you know, these four different pillars, each coming in at it from a different angle. We talked about the adept. We talked about Chronicles. You know, Assassin G was my father's property. That, that was our fourth release. And this was actually his most well-known property because it was made into television four times. Wow. And um, But this so, is in China. This is in China. This is in China. So, so did so, those so, audiences translate to the comic book version told in English by Immortal uh, Studios? They, they they heard about it and we're in fact just yesterday i was talking about some distribution arrangements i'm pulling back because going to china and eastern audiences would be too simple and frankly um uh, we've chosen to double down into the asian americanness of it all that where sure. the east and the west meeting we also love the modern components of it so we wanted to prove ourselves here full stop That's a, i mean that is i mean but that's that's a that's a lot to chew, and you know what? What do I say to Greg who listens to the show? Greg, I made up Greg as a as an avatar uh -huh. for all the Geekscapists. What do I say to somebody who is an Asian American who's listening uh -huh. to Geekscape right now, and is like, "Wait a minute, I like my Batman. I uh -huh. like my Spider Man. I like my Marvel stuff. What does a mortal 
studios offer them, right? And what's the accessibility to some of these different concepts? Yeah. And, and by the way, I would say I, I love them. Yeah. I love them too. It's not right. like it's not like this is a this is you a can zero, read both. Yeah, some game. I I read both and I like both. But I, all I'm saying is like when you're reading, like how many times have you read Batman? And how many times do you need to read Batman? Like how many times do you want to see? We're now down to very subtleties. I agree you know, with you. I, I think that that in Geekscapist, this is something that is a purely, it's mainly an American problem, Geekscapist. Yeah. But when the when the Seduction of the Innocent was written by yeah. Wortham back in the nineteen forties, fifties, and it accused you Congress, are a literate man. I, I love that. I <laughs> I love this stuff. But when, when 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 we're we're talking about like coming out of McCarthyism and in the here in the states, uh, the Comics Code Authority that became a self censorship tool to avoid mm-hmm. the government coming in and saying, "Hey, we got to get rid of these comics." And immediately, Geekscape is almost overnight. Yeah. The comic book industry here in America lost all of its horror comics. It lost all of its uh, romance comics, all of its crime comics. And you looked up at the American comic book landscape was strictly superhero comics yeah. and when you do that you're it's like go, imagine going to the movie theaters and yeah. all you get is westerns and as great as some of these westerns yeah. are and maybe they're it's clint eastwood maybe it's you know uh the the best westerns ever made it's it's the, you know how the west was won but you can't keep using can't. the same genre also also let's let's revisit the originality i had a chance to really connect and work with uh, Stan Lee and some of the early, mm-hmm. earlier creators. Like, and let's I be want to clear. talk to you like, about that too. But yeah. like, if you the go to other countries, from, yeah. they don't have the this fan- problem. If you go to France, there are different types of books. Yeah. And they have a rich graphic novel and comic book culture. There's a town in France that has complete, like it's built around comic books down to the street signs. If you go to Japan, if you go to uh, parts of Asia, if you go to India, they have different comic book genres. Americans are steeped solely in superheroes, and we did it to ourselves. And I think Immortal Studios in, and companies like yeah, yourselves yeah. are breaking it open. No, we're, 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 we're turning the page. And, and by the way, I think uh, Americans, younger Americans, are, are part of this evolution. Well, the manga, for sure. The One Punch you Man, and the, uh, for to, sure. You talk to older millennials on down. They don't need any convincing. They've been bored all along. It's just that their parents haven't listened. <laughs> you you have a daughter. You I spent do. Halloween. How many one pieces did you see for Halloween? I saw a ton. Yeah. I saw a lot of One Piece. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of Avatar Last Airbender. Oh. I saw a ton yeah. of manga and anime. Halloween costumes yeah, more on, and more. on American kids, on Caucasian kids, yeah. on black kids, on Latino kids. I saw that stuff by the way, two weeks nights ago way, on Halloween. Yes, they are progressive. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that diversity is a, is a reality life for them. It's a no-brainer. It's a non-thought. And, and I'm really proud of the fact that even though we're authentically wuxia, by the way, this is just our first chapter. Yeah. We are working on the next iteration, you know, with everybody's help. I hope that we will successfully blow out this turn the page on superheroes and get to the next chapter. I'm working on um, a next generation of black heroes, you know, white Great. heroes, Latino heroes. Um, oh, I hear that for the coming. Latinos. Let's hear it for the yeah. Latinos. Hey, oh, no, no, absolutely. They're all coming in the next generation of the Immortal Storyverse. So, it's, so we're diving into... Uh, and 85% of our of our readers and fans are not Asians. 
So I'm really proud. That's an aggressive of, number, Paywon. That's an aggressive yeah. number. I would it is have an not... aggressive number, and and but that happens to be real. So so so, I, I think fans are ready. Uh, it's not. It didn't take a big leap. Frankly, it's a lot of people who aren't really connected to the real realities of where the marketplace is at. They're the ones who are hemming and hawing. And um, and and look, I wanted to call it out right now is that multinational corporations should not be dictating the future of culture. Mm-hmm. So so it's another reason to turn the page on superheroes. Um, you know, I, I don't think Disney or or Warner Brothers or or these multinational corporations should determine uh, what we should think or care about. Well, it's their stockholders, and they're satisfying these stockholders, but they're doing no, a I, I, I get all of those things. Lanes, but they're doing, yeah. they're, there is a founding principle of it. I, I think in architecture sure. or whatever, like the soundness of the functionality, like I think they've mined it for as much as they can, and now they're just, sure. now, frankly, they're, they're culturally appropriating. Yeah, and how can we get a piece of this? How can we get a piece of that? How can we get a piece of this? And how do we try to, like, but then how can we fit it into our formula, yeah, like the Ford assembly we, line? How do we keep yeah. it in there? And and like, but ultimately, it's like, what does this universe stand for? And right. the other, my big thing is like, look, we are living in a very complicated, challenging time right now. You know it, and I know it, and and all of our our watchers know it. Our world is very complicated and our existence is increasingly more complicated. So there's two schools of thought. Do you want to go through it with empowerment, with ideas, with things that really, really nurture you and that respect you, that reflect you, and that has you your best interest in mind or something that's just like trying to take you out of it and try to bring you into another intergalactic battle that, you know, doesn't really make sense. Doesn't really bear any kind of um, return for you. I mean, there's a little time for everything, but when sure, but there's the not growth. Is You're talking about growth. More, yeah, it's more about that rather than 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 the former. It's just that I think pop culture, yeah. I think, has served its purpose. I think I, I talked to so many people, myself included, is like, oh man, Wolverine helped save my life. You know, <laughs> or you know, name your hero. So, right. so I, I get for those things. Now it's like their job was kind of done. I talked to my friend Jeff Gomez a lot. You know, you, you mentioned word, the word transmedia, and we agree that what's missing is not oh whether heroism is important. It's like, but how do you become heroes? What's that sauce? What is that process other than radioactive spiders? You know, what are the psychological? What are the the emotional, you know, what are the different things that actually create heroism and how do we inspire that? Because our, our mission at Immortal, um, you know, the wuxia stuff, all of that stuff is great and it's amazing. That's a genre, but it comes down to a very simple thing. It's like, how do we use our stories to help activate people to become the version of themselves that they would be super proud of? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a place for Miles Morales and a young Puerto Rican, Dominic, you know, Dominican or black kid. I think there's a place for that. You know, clearly a lot of African-American people saw themselves in Black Panther when that hit the screens because it made a billion dollars. Right. That stuff is huge. But to me, and this is going to sound terrible, folks, but the, the narrative of that movie is 
the first Thor film where, you know, your half brother takes the throne and you got to get it back. And, you know, that's, that was the first Thor film, but it was, you know, it's Shakespeare, but it's reskinned with black Panther. And what you're talking about is brand new stories. You're talking about brand new new stories. Right. I mean, you know, my, 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 my name on, on Instagram is ancient futurist. And that's kind of my vibe. So in a way, like we are taking these ancient wuxia back to the founding ideals, Mm -hmm. even even turning the page on Bruce Lee and all the wuxia stories, because I think many of them have also lost their way because they were made with kind of borrowing some of the ideas, but not really hewing the spirit of these ideas and practices and that knowledge. So, mm-hmm. so part of it is we're going back to the ancient ideals while leaning into the future. So yes, technology is part of it and modernity is part of it and modern problems and challenges and exciting things like technology is also part of it. So it's really bringing it all together. So it's new, it's ancient, and they're not conflicted. And that's kind of the, you know, an interesting way of looking at it. Well, Immortal Studios. So you're yes. not just doing comics. You're doing other things. And I want to talk about next week's event. I've got a graphic here, Geekscapes. And again, go on Kickstarter and look for Immortal Studios. The next couple of pillars, the extensions of the pillars that are here now, the, the next couple of titles, uh, you can follow Immortal Studios and you'll you'll be right there at the starting line for the next um, campaigns. But four, you've, got this, you've got this thing over here next week. This is Immortal Shaolin, the past, present, and future of Kung Fu, a live onstage activation. Talk about freaking transmedia. You've got your yeah. own onstage like, activation. And Geekscape is if you go to bit.ly slash Immortal Shaolin, if you're here in Los Angeles, this is happening downtown Sunday, November 12th. Uh, We're going to sell out, people. So if you're getting it now, yeah, you, you should are. get a ticket because... We are doing something that's never happened before. The, what is the this? The year of Shaolin. Because the Shaolin Abbot is actually coming out for this. Okay. They've actually partnered with this new startup. And it's given the opportunity, frankly, the honor to help refashion this activation. So all of these different ideas that I'm sharing with you is, is the future of Kung Fu. We talked about the yogic origins. We talked Am about- Am I going to see people floating around? I'm sorry? If I go to this thing, Peihuan, yes, and I do plan on going to this thing next Sunday. I would yes. love to go to this thing. Am I gonna, you know, I get my popcorn, I get my drink, I come here to see this this show. Am I gonna yes. be seeing people flying around? You will. Well, get you're out gonna of see town. pound for pound some of the best kung fu ever. Get out of town. I'm gonna be seeing people flying around. Well, not flying. Look, I mean, you're gonna Look, be talk to me. I want to see some crouching tiger. These, these are real photos. These are real photos. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, string people flying around. But you're gonna see sure. some aerial things. These pictures. In fact, these monks that you see on this picture are actually gonna be there. Oh, I can't wait. I gotta go. These to are this. the Shaolin monks from the ancient mountains, from from the Chinese mountains. These are not your neighborhood dojo guys. Peiwan, did you you know my brother was a WWE wrestler, and I went to see wrestling this past weekend. I went to two wrestling shows. I saw a lot of people flying around, but they were doing body slams on each other. Yeah. It's not going to be like this. This is going to be beauty and no. acrobatics, and this is going to be like ballet what? almost, right? Um. Well, look, this is the real stuff. You're going to see Talk like death-defying things. You're going to see spears. Like you're going to see Harchi going. What? I didn't get a chance to talk about. Fashion. What is that? What did you just say? I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm a Western. So like. 
the question that Fa Sheng asked is like, well, how far does it go? Like, come on, like this, we're going to see death defying acts. You're going to see like blades not being able to penetrate your skin. You're no going to see spears, you know, tucked in your neck where you're going to be by holding your chi and focusing on that place, make this little soft baby spot impenetrable to a spear. The, These are some of the things. Yes, they want to get out of town. Like, I'm sorry, but that's when, like, I start becoming like the Western close-minded cynic. Like, when when I remember uh, a friend of mine, she was big into yoga, and she's like, "I've seen the levitation," and I was like, "I can't believe you're going to make me believe next weekend." Is that what you're telling me? Um, look, I'm not going to make you do anything. I'll show you some <laughs> some things, and you can tell me. And by the way, this is this is achievable. That's the thing. The message of this is like, yes, they're really amazing people, but is when you bring your mind, body and mind together and work on it, you can become a hero. You I'm... can do extraordinary things. Um, you may not become an immortal this lifetime, but the sure. point is you're already immortal because your soul is immortal. So that's almost like the point is moot. I'm uh I'm I'm being a little devil's advocate with you. Please. But um yeah, no, I, I my therapist says a cloud never dies. Do you understand that that phrase? Yeah. Like when yeah. the water from a cloud the transmutation of energy from one source to another. Assuming I was talking to somebody last yeah. night that we we're all space dust and we all know that we we're all space dust. And so I think Immortal Studios is a beautiful not only just as a a testament to your father in your 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 bloodline your lineage but also your culture and your yes. influences and i think that a river is actually a very uh you know a very appropriate metaphor to what y'all are doing here and a river also spreads right when a river finds itself up against an obstacle it finds its way around it and it sometimes spreads as it as it crosses the terrain and um and you're spreading this message and this this Really, it's yeah. motivational. You're spending this from comics. You're doing this live stage production, which yeah. I got to be there. I got to be there with my popcorn and my soda. I got to see this stuff for myself. And I don't need to have popcorn and soda. I probably shouldn't. We but may you're not also popcorn and soda, but maybe you <laughs> you'll be serving up spears some, and some, acrobatics. Some and tea, maybe. <laughs> okay. And then you've got, um, and then what are some of the other things that Mortal Studios is doing beyond that? I mean, and, and we haven't even talked about the fast fact, and, I, and I'm yeah. not sure if this is still part of the roster but bob harass pop harris yes. who was part of yes. dc and marvel all through the 90s yes like he was editor-in-chief of these major he was he was the top Look, two it's, it's, and now he's a he was a part of your company he, he still is um we have an a-team i'm really proud of our extraordinary leaders um and um so geekscape is this isn't just like some kickstarter kickstarter comic book company like bob harris no, so, i'm not so, kidding so was a major part of dc and marvel during the 90s, like he yes. was a major part of those yeah. companies. He no, was, he was largely responsible for a lot of the successes of X-Men. In fact, he's helping us launch our, our teenage uh, hero sub-universe, mm-hmm. tentatively called Project Immortal. That's going to be our next property. So, And why not? He's a major a lot. part of the X-Men cartoon show. Yes. We're learning a lot of what has happened before to help us make new ground. I remember in our, in our last meeting, and I said, hey, Bob, I appreciate it. I love everything that you've done. Just know that I'm not trying to do them again. Sure, sure. You don't want to do like, new, new class or any of that stuff. You don't yeah. want to do Batman and his various don't, Robins. Don't, like, we don't need to do stuff that doesn't need fixing, but we are focused sure. on this stuff. So it's just like, 
Uh, so bring in the next chapter. So we have a great team and um, I just want to reaffirm our lifelong commitment to comics. So, but beyond comics, um, you know, my background was as a movie producer uh, amongst many things, you know, I've done, I've had a chance to do many different things. So I am, we're actively looking at developing movies uh, from the immortal Storyverse. Uh, games are also part of the mix, um, mm -hmm. but not in a big hurry to do them. But, you know, um, it's really, it emerges naturally when these things, it's like making nice wine. It takes a little bit of time to getting it right. Sure. And we believe in also talking to our fans. So we're, we're, we're building our community and giving fans a stake, a real seat at the table. Um, I can tell you for certain that every iteration of our stories have already improved because of fan input. You know, this scene or this character didn't really make sense. Oh, wow, that's really interesting that you had that reaction. We love this thing. So those are those things are, are kind of part of the mix. So it's it's not just talking to the fans and dictating to them, but having a real, you know, like not just one seat, but many seats. Mm -hmm. And I well, believe this is really how you build a, 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 a real community or a movement. So awakening the hero and everybody is not just our job. It's something that we're doing in concert with our fans. And I'm just super thankful for the thousands of people who've become part of this initial crew, because without their support, could not be here today. And we should not continue to do the things we do if people didn't support this next campaign because it's all data driven. And, and, mm -hmm. and quite honestly, we need those resources to go to print. Mm -hmm. It's not the like Geekscapist. Disney's writing me a check. <laughs> I want to uh, reiterate to you, Geekscapist, that you can go to Kickstarter right now, search for Immortal Studios. You'll find this notification where you can yes. just click on it. It'll notify you when it launches, but it's this brand new initiative that they're going to be starting up for the next phase of the adept assassin G immortal swordsman and Fashing. That's those are the four pillars that they've already launched. So you want to get the next phase. You want to see what immortal studios is all about. That's a pretty great place to follow them is to start following them as a project creator. And also immortal studios.com is a good place to, uh, to, to, see what Pihuan and company are, have been working on. Um, I think it's awesome. It, it really inspires me. I want to come down to, to immortal headquarters and just like Please do. do a note session. I want to see what everything you guys got going on. I want to see what what's under the hood. I want to see what you guys are working on because just looking at your website, it just looks awesome. You geekscape is if you go to that immortal dash studios.com, you'll see, all of the four pillars already in print. You can order them there with various covers. And uh, uh, there's some video clips. There's some very various pieces of media. Um, but yeah, y'all are leading with comics, which had, again, like you said, with the community has the most yeah. immediacy in getting yeah. you feedback and finding out what's going on. But I love it. what you guys are doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Purity. Comics are my favorite medium for yeah. that very reason. Risks. We can <laughs> take risks. We can be daring. We can be original. We could just, you know, do things that you wouldn't be able to do that, that movies or, or videos would be rather for unforgiving in a way. Sure. Well, Pequan, I want to, we're going to do that pretzel in the tea. Let's do it. Pretzel and tea. We're going to do a note session. I want to see everything you guys are working on. Come, come again, to Mortal Shaolin next weekend. 
Okay. Uh, at the at the Million Dollar Theater, uh, this is November twelfth, Sunday, mm-hmm. from two to four. Um, for people who are listening right now, because I do expect that we're going to sell out. We only have two thousand seats, and we, we obviously we don't have two thousand available now. So. If you're getting it here first, and and I just wanted to thank all of your guests and you, Jonathan, because this is my first, (laughs) this is my first kickoff. Really? Yes. And you wasted it on me. I have not talked openly about about the turning the page. So Mm -hmm. so, and I'm really really thankful to be with somebody so knowledgeable. I love this. And stuff. you started with you started with 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 uh, with Zoo Warriors, man. So mad respect. Oh my God, Zoo Warriors and that all the Shaw Brothers stuff oh, yeah. is so important so, to me. So and- this is the warm up. This is the this is the this is the warm up, and and we're not just turning the page on superheroes. We're turning the page on Shaw Brothers too, because this is something I wanted chapter. to do. It's a whole new well, chapter. I'll 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 tell you guys some stories, but like in 2007, 2008, when I was writing the Raw versus SmackDown games over for THQ, now defunct video game company, but obviously Raw versus SmackDown, those games continue. But when I was writing those things, uh, they offered me a job, and they said, "Jonathan, come in." We, we you know, they had me pitch on something, and I, it's been it's been a long time, so I think I can talk about it now. But I had written a pitch on a WWE online. And the idea of this was taking something like a world of Warcraft, but having an open world where obviously arenas exist and the wrestling rings exist, but also alleys exist and gyms exist and stores mm-hmm. and malls and, and streets exist. And, and you could have feuds with other wrestlers in the ring. You could have them out on the street, but the things in the ring, the real events, the pay-per-views, the stuff that the WWE is known for, that stuff was worth the, that was stuff is where you get the real cred and make them real money that you can then use right. to improve your, and you could make factions. You could like team up with other online players to make factions the way that they used to in the WWE where you'd have teams and things. And when THQ uh, went away, I remember taking the, you know, cause they wanted to hire me. I just didn't want to drive to Agora Hills every day. <laughs> Which yeah. Geekscape is screaming at me. They're like, what? You turned down a job in video games because you didn't want to sit in traffic? No, Geekscape is like an hour and a half of traffic both ways. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, my friend James Lou and I had just done When Ninjas Attack, which is it was a fun little silly series we did for Fox. And James is, was, is friends with Jackie Chan. And James Lou is actually in Big Trouble in Little China. He's, he's, in, the, he's in quite a bit of that movie. And right. I had shown him... W, what what is called WWE online to me right. and I was like why don't we put this in the world of Kung Fu yeah. and Shaolin why don't we have people walk around temples and countrysides mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of uh, yeah. of the one autograph I wanted to get at Comic Con this year at Geekscape so I'm going to hold it up here for you all is right here Stan Sakai with his Yusagi Yojimbo wow. that was the most important Love thing it. I could have gotten and I love Stan but all of the stuff that I got from those Shaw Brothers movies and the Samurai yeah. movies and Seven Samurai and all the Kurosawa movies, that's all swimming in my yeah. head. And I was like, let's turn it into a video game. Yeah. It, did, it didn't happen, but it's still it's still sitting on my no, laptop. It's still it, sitting it, in my head. Well, and I still think it's a beautiful place to play stories in an entire universe. Well, and right here, Immortal Studios is doing it. You're, you're talking about the immortal virtual world, which is something that's on the board for us right now. But Look again, it begins with the comics. Starts with the comics, so I want you yeah, to click on that Kickstarter. Time. It starts with these characters, and it starts with the world because, and um, we have a chance to do it together. 
I think you're doing it right. Yeah. I think you're doing it right. Hey, Juan, thanks for being a guest on Geekscape. And Geekscape is saying... It's my honor. I implore you again to go to Kickstarter, search for Immortal Studios, follow it, because you're going to want to find out when you can be a part of this. And it sounds like he's not just making stuff for the Eastern audience, but as you heard, the majority of Immortal Studios fans are not just... Asian Asian American. Look, I mean, we just make awesome. it for humans. We make <laughs> we're making these stories for 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 people. These stories exist. They happen to come from the East because there's a beautiful tradition that is kind of missing in the global conversation, and it's been missing or misaligned or appropriated or in in pop culture. We're we're certainly changing that for for everybody. Because I think we're collectively ready for the next step. So wait no more because we're here. Well, Geekscapists, not all of you are human. Or at least I don't think. I've been doing the show for 18 years. Every now and then somebody pops up and I'm like, are they really in the same DNA? I don't know about that. Us? Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. about that. Their eyes are a little far apart. Um, but uh, I welcome Geekscapists of any shapes and sizes. I love I love doing this show. Yeah. And if you've enjoyed our, my conversation with Juan, not NLP only check out the Immortal fans. Studio stuff. Yeah. Don't just check out the Immortal Studio stuff. Also, like follow Geekscape on all the socials and, and send me an email, Jonathan at Geekscape.net, and be like, hey, dude, shut up. Like, let your guests talk more or stop making dumb jokes. And uh, we love it. Or send something complimentary. Like, we love the show and share it with your friends and leave the reviews on the, the I what is it the, the uh, apple podcast and the spotify's and all that stuff we do a show every week and uh we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe I, the, some of the people i've asked to be on the show just next week is like how am i going to fit it all in especially since we got two of those marvel releases coming up in the marvels and the end Ooh. of loki season two so we got a lot to talk about geekscapers in the coming weeks as we walk up to la comic-con where i think Pehuan will be Mm-hmm. Are you going to be at LA Comic Con? We, we got to chill. We hope to be there. We're, 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 we're talking about featuring a panel. Well, um, I'm friends with the panel people. Yes. And Geekscape has, there. as of now, I think Geekscape has three panels I've submitted. Uh-huh. Four or five panels, six panels total from the Geekscape team. What did they seven. decide, by the way? Because we were just having this conversation. Hey, Quinn, I think they've decided, but I think there's also possible panels that may fall through and be waitlisted. So I think that, you know, for this yeah. year, I think we got to talk about strategies where maybe adding you to panels or talk okay. about strategies to like hey. get you into as some of the, the replacements for maybe panels that have fallen through. Right. That being said, I know they're still selling booths. Yeah. And, uh, and, and geek, I mean, pick one, like I was Stan Lee's moderator. I helped Regina Carpinelli and that, that whole team help promote Geekscape yeah. or help promote LA comic con from year one. That is our hometown festival. I, pro- I mean, I proposed to my wife on the main stage of LA comic con. Like yeah. I got you, bro. You did? Oh my I goodness. Got you. Is she a, is I she got a you. She's a geekette. Uh, more so now that she married me, but no, she was uh, the Trekkie in the family and Geekscape. She y'all was. were there for that. You saw Giancarlo Esposito from the uh, from Breaking Bad and Mandalorian and in Better Call Saul. You saw him as my wingman. Hand me the ring that I used to propose to my wife, and that's wow. what Geekscape's about. Like you guys have been yeah, along for the ride. This is a geek love story this whole time. Oh my god, it's a geek life, and you're it's a part a of it life. now. Hey Juan, you're uh, a part of this. I can't wait to go down there on Sunday and start jumping around. I'm kidding. Keep me away from that stage. Yes, I'm a proud (laughs) member of it. And look, if you, yes, I I would love to continue this conversation at LA Comic Con. Okay. Well, shoot me an email whenever you'd like, and I can 
get to try and see what we can do with LA Comic Con. But yeah, they, they, awesome. they've already confirmed a lot of the panels, but they haven't right. released them. And Geekscape is right. excited to release them. But we also have our charity uh, coming uh-huh. up in December for Big Brothers Big Sisters. There's a lot Geekscape is coming down the pipe, but love so you look, so much. Baby, you can be the you can you can you can be the amplifier and champion. You know, I'm working on it. That's Geek what is, this is for. Geek is, Geekscape presents. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Pei Juan, thank you so much. And Geekscapers, we'll see you next week. All right? Peace and love. I do a dance until it stops. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.